This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Y'all ready to receive the word this morning? I should tell off my wife a little bit, you know, before we get started. I'm telling you what, you ought to be, you ought to be married to this woman. I mean to tell you. I mean, you guys, you need to pray for me. I'm kidding you, I've, you know, for 44 years, yeah, I've had to put up with her. Yeah. Amen. It's my cross to bear. Can I say no, actually, I tell you what, this gal's quite the, quite the gal to be married to. She's jerking my chain this morning. Imagine that. We're on the way to service. I'm thinking about my message and all this, you know, and, and I've got a birthday coming up tomorrow, you know, and so she said, uh, she said, uh, you don't suppose there's any surprises to you. It just hangs it out there. I said, there better not be. And then I'm looking at her. I'm trying to get some kind of a read out of her, you know, whether or not she knows something that I don't know. And uh, driving down the road, 70 mile an hour. By the way, Brian, I'm sorry I blew you off the road. Where's Brian at? Brian? Brian. Yeah, Brian. That was me. You know, Brian, you know, he's just like on a Sunday afternoon drive, man. He's just kind of cruising. And I'm looking at him. I know, you know, that you guys never think this way, but I'm just thinking. I told Joan, I said, I wonder if that's... (laughs) And Steve Winchell, shut the door. Steve, Steve is a lieutenant in the Potawatomi uh, Sheriff's Department. So my first thought is I see this car, you know, on the horizon. I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that's a cruiser, you know, if it's a deputy, you know, and I'm going to come rolling up on him because I was late, all right, you know. Any of you ever been late? And Yeah, well, so anyway. So sure enough, you know, I mean, it didn't take very long. And, well, I realized it was a van, so that, you know, that... that everything. But then it's always this deal, is this going to be one of my parishioners that I go blowing by? It's really not a very good example, is it? Please forgive me, okay? You know? And, and so Joan's wondering, you know, the same thing, is this going to be somebody that's in the church? Sure enough, we drive by, and he's looking at us, and we're looking at him, but that was glorious, you know? And we just kept on driving. You say, well, Pastor, you're not setting a very good example. That's probably true, But again, please forgive me. It's just one fault that I have, you know. So anyway, but but remember, we were late. Everybody say he was late. He was late, late, you know. So, and uh, we could talk about why, but that's really non-essential. So, how do we get here? Oh, I was talking about her. Yeah, uh, so anyway, she's jerking my chain, and, uh, and I have to live with this. So that's why I wanted to appeal to your prayer lives. You know, when you think about me, please pray. And you're probably thinking, I think there are other things that are probably more important to pray about. And then you're also probably thinking, you know, the, re- the one that we really need to be praying for is her. <laughs> Yeah, Diane, you didn't have to be so, you know, vivacious about that. But I tell you, life is good, you guys, and God is good. And, you know, thank God for the privilege of being able to join yourself to a person to spend the rest of your lives together and to love one another as Christ loved the church. Amen? And I tell you what, praise God, if you'll do that, you'll be blessed. Amen? 
Don't rent. No, come on, Linda. My birthday's not till tomorrow. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Now, I knew if I told you about it, you'd probably sing to me. So that's really good. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Did you bring a Bible? Enough about all of this. Let's open our Bibles together to the book of Galatians, chapter 4, if you can find that opening, either on your uh, device or if you brought a Bible with you this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, we're going to shift gears to a little bit more of a, a serious uh, tone. And the reason I say that is, is uh, I really want for you to uh, hear from heaven. I want for you to uh, have an encounter with him. And uh, so... What has to happen in order for that to occur is, is that we have to, um, I guess you could say, position or posture our hearts before him in a way where we say, Lord, here I am. You know, because again, you know, we, we consider life and everything is going on and sometimes we're all, you know, stirred up about those things that are going on. And I just want you to pause for a minute and forget about all of that and, and say, Lord, work in me today. Bring about what it is that you've ordained. As we move into this season of Christmas and celebrate the birth of our King, you know, that, that may, may Christ be formed in us in a greater dimension and in a greater way. So let's, let's just pause and pray for a moment and position our hearts, and then I'll share with you what I want to uh, give to you today. Father God, we thank you for this time we have, this service that we have united our hearts together in today, Father. And I want to thank you for your presence here among us. You said in your word that if two or more of us would gather in your name, you'd be there. So we just thank you for having graced us here today. And Father, our prayer... My prayer is that you might move in us, Father, and work in us those things that you have planned for us. Father, I pray that those that are here today that perhaps are discouraged, that, Father, they'll be discouraged no more. I pray for those, Father, that may be going through a difficult time wrestling, Father, with resentment or envy or anger or even fear, that, Father, today will be a new day for them as you come and visit each and every one of us. And I thank you, Father, for your incredible grace and your mercy in every one of our lives, Father, to, to make us who you intended us to be. And so we thank you for your blessing, Father, in this house in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And I might just remind you, if you got a phone and you haven't silenced it, please do so. Notice with me in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7, or verse 4, it says, but when the fullness of time was come, hallelujah, God sent forth his son, 
made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Christmas story is all about something that God had promised and he made good on. You know, throughout the ages, God promised that he would send a Messiah. And today, nearly 2,000 years on the backside of it, we celebrate his birth once again. I've entitled today's message, The Greatest Gift. Hallelujah. And of course, naturally, he was. You know, when you think about it, though, you know, when kings or princes, dignitaries, uh, presidents, uh, different ones, they always, you know, when they come to meet with one another, it's not uh, out of the ordinary for them to bring gifts. You know, it may be something, you know, that is rare. It might be something that is expensive. It could be something, you know, that, that uh, is very unique, very special. And praise God, there's no more special thing that what it is that God brought to you and I in the gift or in the form of his son. You remember the wise men? You know, the Bible tells us that they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they were coming to see the king, and they could think no less than to bring something perhaps that was expensive, that was rare, that was, you know, something to honor this one that they were seeking. And, you know, we think, well, you know, there were three wise men because, after all, you know, there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, the reality is, is that the wise men were a fraternal order, and many times they would travel in as many as 20 to 50 men. And so when it talks about bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh, it wasn't just a little, you know, jag that each of them had that they gave to Jesus. The reality is, is that what they gave to Mary and Joseph or to Jesus helped to finance their trip into Egypt so that Herod could die before they returned into the land of Nazareth and Jerusalem. Are you with me? And so it was no small thing in terms of what it is that they had done. And interestingly enough, as a matter of simple thought for each of us that are here today, you know, the reality is, is that when, we, when you and I come to church, we come to see the king. And so that offering that you just made has significance within that context, that you're bringing what it is that he has asked us to bring, and that with that comes a reception or a, an approval or a blessing where our lives are concerned. And I think sometimes, praise God, we always ought to be mindful of we're going to see the king. And that in that, praise God, we can position ourselves and our hearts for that. But God's greatest gift is not something. It's not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's someone. And his name is Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Thank God for that. Amen. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is, is that, that this gift that God gave to mankind came in the form of a child. Now, you have to understand that, you know, men seen in the scriptures that Messiah would come, but how that would 
you know, come into being, how that would play out, what, what, what it would be like, was, was a mystery to men. They didn't know necessarily. And, and the reality is, if it hadn't been for the shepherds and the wise men and all of these different kinds of things, other than the fact that, you know, she had this uh, immaculate conception by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I mean, Mary knew, Joseph knew by a dream that God had given to him. But I mean, anybody else at large had no clue what it is that was going on in the birth of this child. And so these different individuals or entities that were involved in this gave validation or proof to the fact that this was in fact the Messiah, the Son of God. But they didn't know. And, and, and the reality is, how could they? they I mean, they, they really couldn't. And the Bible tells us that, you know, different ones were prophesying. And the shepherds, you know, when they came and, and, and told their story, I mean, it was, it was incredible. They said, you know, all of these things happened. Angels came and they were singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill. Everybody say goodwill. How many of you know God has goodwill towards you, whether you believe it or not? Goodwill toward men. And the Bible says all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, here's mother, and she doesn't understand either, but she's, she's hanging on every word that people are saying about this child that she's just given birth to. And the Bible says she pondered or thought about these things within her heart. So I believe that because of Mary's heart and the way that she viewed these things, that she lived with an expectancy. How many of you know you should live with an expectancy? There's promises God's made to you too. But she lived with this expectancy. She lived honorably. She lived obediently and with resolve in the light of these prophetic words that were given or told to them. In other words, she just said, you know what? There's something very special about this, this gift whom we call Jesus and, you know, she lived this way. And, and the reason I bring this up to you this morning, how many of you know that God has said some things to you? That he has prophesied concerning your future just as he spoke about their future. He's talked to you and, and spoke to you and said, I will help you. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. No, God promised that he would <clears throat> help you. People say, well, where is he at? Well, you know, it does take faith, and that attitude doesn't necessarily, you know, exude a lot of faith. Are you listening to me? But thank God you can have faith, and you can be assured, praise God, that he will help you. He said, I won't forsake you. He said, I will uphold you. He said, I will protect you. He said, I will provide for you. I will heal you, and I will come for you again. These are the promises that God has made to you and I in our generation. So the truth of the matter is, is that we can all live very expectantly and very hopeful. Yes, God's gift is great. And the reason that God's gift was so great is because Listen to this. He offered us something that no one else could. Are you with me? 
You know, I talked to you about the kings and the presidents and all this. You know, they're always trying to think up what is it that I can give to them that no one else could ever give to them. Whatever, you know, whatever that might be for the sake of its value or its rarity or whatever. But when God sent his son at the appropriate time, born of a woman, he gave us the most, I mean, incredible gift in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he did so so that we could be blessed. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So this gift gift was precious. Everybody say precious. In other words, it's one of a kind. And so it was something that only he could give, and he brought it so that you and I could have eternal life, and not only that, but escape the tyranny of sin. I'll tell you what, I'm so glad, thank God, that I am redeemed from the power of sin in my life because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for me. I didn't know God's plan. I mean, as a teenager growing up, I didn't have a clue. But I certainly have come to love and to appreciate and to learn what it is that he has done for me and for all of us so that we can enjoy the blessing of God in our life as we walk humbly and obediently before him. You know, the blessing of God doesn't come to your life without obedience. Are you listening to me? You know, a lot of folk, they want the blessing of God, but they want to live their life their own way. That's not the way it works. You say, well, God's being so hard on me. He's doing you a favor, dude, and you don't even know it. Are you listening to me? Because sin, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it behooves us to listen to him, and it behooves us to obey him. Can you say amen? You know, when you think about it, I mean, he's a -a one-of-a-kind gift, and what it is that he did for us, we just shared. But you know, when you think about men, um, we're pretty good at screwing things up. I'm I'm talking about men in general, in a generic sense, you know? Failed and flawed, that's the way you could describe us. Well, you know, I'm not as bad as the next person. It don't make no difference, dude, you're bad. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not as bad as them. It doesn't make any difference. You're bad. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're out, dude. I said, you're just out. And it's not a matter. And that's what we do. Men compare. You know, they say, well, you know, I'm not as bad as them. And, you know, they're worse than me. And, you know, this and that and the other. That's not what it's about. The Bible says that all have sinned. Everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there is no remedy for the condition that we have except this gift in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, when Mary pondered all these things in her heart and hid them there, you know, and things, she had no idea that in the context of all of this, that he was going to end up giving his life as a ransom for all when he was 33 years old. They thought he was going to be the Messiah. He was going to become the king. That he was going to bring them out from underneath the tyranny of Rome and Roman rule and all of the things that Herod and different ones were imposing upon them and set them as a people free. But they didn't understand the freedom that Jesus came to give them, that it was not some, you know, physicality or some kind of an external kind of thing or, you know, some kind of a... Uh, a natural thing, but rather it was supernatural. 
Because Jesus came and gave his life and shed his blood so that you could be changed from the inside out and become a child of God as the scripture that we just read talks about. Aren't you glad for that today? So we can, uh, <clears throat> we can pretty well uh, figure out that what you and I do in our own strength isn't real good. Can you say amen? Huh? We know all about that. Depraved, sinful, a- angry. People are angry, hateful, arrogant, proud. And I mean, you know, the list is long. But thank God Jesus came to deliver us from all of that. Can you say amen? And so it's important for us to understand the Bible says that when, for when we were yet without strength, it, it says when we were weak, another translation says that when we were powerless to help ourselves at just the right time, everybody say hallelujah, yeah, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the timing of the Lord because this will help you settle down a little bit. Everybody say, praise God. Yeah, because we need to settle down a little bit. Amen? Because we think one way and, well, God, he thinks another way. So this gift is great. Everybody say, it is great. Yes, it is great what it is. But this gift is also transformational. Talking about the rarity of what it is that God provided for us in his son. It's not another set of rules. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. You know, praise God, it is a supernatural change that takes place in man's natural being. And he's made alive unto God by the blood of Jesus and the nature of sin is taken away. You know, only God can do that. Men can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do that. Only God could provide such a gift that whosoever would call on the name of the Lord would be able to be delivered and be saved. And so you and I have this incredible privilege to live as a child of God, as a son or daughter of the living God. Hallelujah. And I'm doing better preaching. You're doing amen. Hallelujah. So just turn to your neighbor and say, you need, to, you, need to, you need to stir yourself up. Yeah, glory to God. Look at this verse of Scripture again with me in Galatians. Let's read it together here again. Notice it says that when the fullness of time had come. Now again, you know God's timetable is a whole lot different than mine. Huh? But when the fullness of time had come, it says that God sent his son and and born of a woman, born under the law. Notice what it says here when we read this. And here's the purpose, verse 5. To do what? To redeem us. To redeem us. To purchase us. To buy us back from Adam's transgression and Adam's sin. And then notice it goes on to say that it says to redeem us that we're under the law that we might receive adoption as sons. And because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts so that we can now say, Daddy, Father, glory to God. And then notice in that seventh verse that it goes on to explain, wherefore we're no longer a servant, but a what? We're a what? We're a son. Glory to God. Sons and daughters of God. And if a son, then you and I have become the heirs of God through Christ. 
Everybody say, what an incredible gift. Yes, that's what came to us. Glory to God. And so when we read this scripture, we understand that because of the new birth, you know, or being born again, God has become our father. Wow. I said, wow. You know, you, you should never forget what it is that God has done for you in giving you new life, causing you to become a born-again believer and child of the living God. You know, many of us have been, you know, born again for decades, and, you know, sometimes these things, they can, they can, they can become, we can take them for granted. We can forget where it is that we came from. We can forget what the life was that we had before we met him. We can forget the destructive nature of sin and how it was taking our lives until Jesus came and rescued us, praise God, from the mess that we were creating in our own lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's so important for us to always remember these things. So again, he said that while we were yet without strength at the right time, everybody say the right time, yes, Christ died for the ungodly. And not only that, we understand that we have this privilege. You know, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't live that way. I can't do this. That's a lie. If you're born of the Spirit of God, you sure enough can. Now, you may have some carnal, you know, kinds of influences where your life is concerned, but thank God that the Bible makes it clear that you have been given strength to overcome and not have to walk in the light of that. You say, well, I just want to do my own thing. Well, again, that's kind of carnal, isn't it? That's not putting God first. That's not, you know, setting him where he belongs as, as the, the centerpiece of our lives. Hey, come on now. So it's important for us to rejoice in the fact that he's made it possible for us to be able to live in a way that he can bring glory to his name, and not only that, but to bless you as well. So if any man be in Christ, hallelujah, he is a new creation. Everybody say it again, I'm a new creation. Yeah, old things have passed away, hallelujah, and all things are become new. This is something that God said he was going to do. In Jeremiah, we read this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And then it goes on to say, he said, This is the covenant that I will make with them, or with the house of Israel after those days. Now listen, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they are all going to know me, from the least of them to the greatest. And I will forgive their iniquity, and their sins I will remember no more. Now, nobody knew how that was going to happen, but the new covenant that you and I have the privilege of living under because of the blood of Jesus has made it possible for God to write his laws in your brain and also on your heart. I'm telling you, glory to God. Thank God for the new birth. Thank God for being born again. Thank God for being a child of God and filled with the Holy Ghost and have his power. Because the Bible says in Ezekiel, again, a place where God said, how many of you know when God makes a promise, he always makes good on it? Every time. He said, I'll sprinkle clean water on you, 
And he said, and, I, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, all your idols. I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. I don't know about you, but I want to obey God. I didn't have that kind of desire before I got born again. Huh? I said, huh? You know, before we met Jesus, we had a lot of other desires. But when we met the, the risen Christ, when the reality of Christ's redemption became real in our hearts, all of a sudden, everything changed. Hallelujah. And not only did it change, but he empowered us to be able to live this life that pleases him and honors him. Hallelujah. So this promise of the Messiah's coming was made a long time ago. How many of you know that? Jeremiah lived a long time ago. Ezekiel lived a long time ago. And we have this historical record of this promise being fulfilled. I mean, if you just throw the Bible out and go back to history, you can discover that there was this child that was born and that these men did these things and all of these different kinds of encounters and, and things that, that, that they had. And you can go as far back as Genesis. God said back in the third chapter, after Adam's fall, I know I'm you know going back there a ways, but after his fall, God prophesied, and he said this. He said, I'm going to put enmity between you, the serpent or the devil, and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head. Hallelujah. And you will strike his heel. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, what's that all mean? Nobody could really know what that meant, but God said, this is what's going to happen. Huh? But when he makes it or he uses this terminology, it's of the Oriental language, which essentially declares this, that, that, that the seed that God was going to put in this woman would break the rule and the lordship of hell over your life. And that's exactly what he did. Glory to God forevermore. So that you and I no longer have to live under that tyranny of sin. Even Daniel has revealed, it, it, it was revealed to him that Messiah would come. And, and I don't have time to get into all this, but you know in Daniel's uh, chapter 9, it talks about the 70 weeks. When Daniel was, was praying and fasting, when, when God came to visit him, he told him everything was going to happen from the beginning to the end. This prophetic word that he gave, I mean, it, it covered everything. Now, again, we don't know all the details about it, but you know what? It's coming to pass exactly as he said. In this particular verse, when God was speaking to him, he says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince. Everybody say Messiah the Prince. There shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. After that, three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And you say, that makes about as much sense as I don't know what. Okay? But read back with me again to understand. I'm talking about God's prophetic word. I'm talking about the fact that he always fulfills his word, that he is without fail of accomplishing anything that he has ever said. 
So in this one, where Daniel's talking about this, he says, understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore. Okay, when was that? Well, it was back with Nehemiah. Remember Cyrus? Remember Ataxerxes? He was the king. And he gave, he gave Nehemiah, he, he said, uh, go ahead and rebuild the walls. That's what Daniel's talking about here. Going forth the commandment to restore. So when, when the king said, Nehemiah, I want you to go rebuild that wall, click, the time piece starts clicking. The stopwatch is running. So it says that from that time to Messiah, the prince, in other words, the birth of Jesus, he goes on and talks about these weeks, and I don't have time to get into all of that. But he said, and after this, the Messiah will be cut off. So all of these things God's talking about that are going to be happening, that Jesus would be born, that the Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself. How many of you know he died for you? And all of these things, you know, when Cyrus made this decree, I'm getting way in the weeds here, it was 445 years before Christ, B.C., and there's 49 or 490 years determined in all this, and I'm not going to talk to you about all the weeks. Just trust me, okay? So 69 of those weeks have already occurred, and we got one week left called the time of tribulation, which is in front of us. And the, and the weird thing about it is, is that there were some weeks in there what we call the church age, which really messed everything up. But guess what? God knows everything about everything. And actually, we know it's a mystery to everybody but him. But my point to you is to say, he said, this is what's going to happen. And guess what? It happened. So you and I are living on the backside of all of these things. Then the, then the angel announced to the shepherds, they said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you this day is born a what? A Savior. Everybody say Savior. Yeah, there's a Savior that's born, which is Christ the Lord. So though all of this was a mystery to men, God performed it exactly as he said he would. Listen, you guys, you can go to bank. I'm telling you, you can go to bank on what it is that God has said about your life, what it is he's going to do. You look at all this stuff going on politically and all the things that are happening in the world. People, you know, they're barking about global warming and all this. Guess what? God knew all about it, and he's not nervous about any of it, and he knows exactly what it is that's going on, and he's also going to take care of each and every one of you that believe. So we can rejoice, hallelujah. This can be a season for rejoicing. You say, yeah, but we've never seen it like this before. Yeah, well, praise God, God is not surprised. Let's talk about the timeline of God. You know, timing is everything. You know, you see these, they're not performers, they're worshipers. But you know, the musicians and singers... You know, they're up here on a platform, and Linda's got them. She's got them. I mean, she's got them. Amen? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, if they don't enter instrumentally correct, or if they don't enter, you know, in singing correct, guess what? We're all going to notice that. And so there's this, 
orchestrated timing that goes on. If you go to some kind of a concert, you know, and the conductor's down there, you know, and all of a sudden this group over here, they go rogue on them, and they just start doing whatever it is they want. You go, oh, no, uh-uh, that ain't right. What are they doing? Are you listening to me, huh? You know? <laughs> you know. All right. Well, when it comes to God's timeline, this is something he said in Psalm 89, verse 34. He said, my covenant will I not break. Now, did he not say that he was going to make a new covenant with you and me? And he did it with Jesus, didn't he? He said, my covenant will I not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. Then he goes on to say, once I've sworn by my holiness, I will not lie unto David. God never lies. The reality is he can't lie. Huh? Why? Because he's God. So God always makes good on his word. But more often than not, it is not within your timeline and mine. Have you noticed that? God, where are you? Why don't you? How come? Huh? But you know what? God is never late. Why? Because the Bible says that in the fullness of time, he gave us Jesus from a woman named Mary. Huh? And the Bible also says when we were without strength at the right time, huh? Jesus came and provided a means for you and I. God knows exactly when things are going to come to pass with absolute perfection. You know, uh, the other night I went outside and I've got this app on my phone, you know, you can get an app for everything. And, you know, I'm looking at these stars, and I knew the one was Venus, but, you know, I whip out my Skywatch app, you know, and, and it fires up, you know, and then it starts, has this kind of, you know, melodious kind of, kind of thing. And so wherever you point the thing, once it gets its compass going, it'll tell you all the constellations, it'll tell you all the different things, you know. And, and uh, I'm looking at this, and, and here's Venus, and here's uh, Saturn, and here's Jupiter. They're all lined up. Tonight, when you go out and it's clear, look off into the southwest uh, uh, that way. Okay? Check it out. You know, those things were all together last year. Now they're all kind of lined up. Are you with me? And, and, and with, with absolute perfection and precision, all of these things are coming about. And every planet and every star and everybody is exactly where it is they're supposed to be because God said that's what you're supposed to do. Now, when it comes to your life and mine, you know, praise God, his promises are just as sure. I guess today I'm trying to encourage your glory to God that you didn't hitch your wagon to some kind of frivolous kind of whatever religious kind of thing. No, dude, this is real. This is God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ that you serve. And he's got a plan for your life and glory to God. It is a good one. So why shouldn't you rejoice? Why shouldn't you be glad? Why shouldn't you be happy? Hallelujah. Well, you know, pastor, you're living under a rug, dude. You see what's going on? I don't care what's going on. The only thing I care about is what he said. And he said he would keep me. He said he would sustain me. He said he would protect me. He said he would help me. He said he would provide for me. He said that he would care for me. And I tell you what, I believe him. I said I believe him. 
I said, I believe him. Are you listening to me? Now, the Bible admonishes you and I. In one place, Jehoshaphat told the people of Judah, he said, believe in the Lord your God and you'll prosper. He said, believe also in his prophets and you'll be established. Okay? So, the antithesis of that is, is that if you don't, you won't. With me? So I'm sure that there are a lot of folks, you know, because of, you know, the, the hard and the harsh evidence, if you want to call it that, that's going on in the natural, that they'll have a tendency or be tempted not to believe. Well, praise God, I am not one of those that doesn't believe. Amen. Okay, somebody's got a little uh, phone there. You can look up this scripture. Look up the scripture that talks about comfort of the scriptures. Can you find that for me, somebody? Look in your little deal. When you find it, let me know. Show you this. Share this. Y'all right? <clears throat> hallelujah. He said, when the fullness of time comes, you know, hallelujah. And, and this is why I want to bring this up to you, because this is what we think. Why doesn't God do something about what's going on in our government? Why doesn't God do something about this person or that person? I tell you what, praise God, you ought to be thankful for the mercy of God and the grace of God. Are you with me? You know, before we go judging how bad people are, and they're, you know, there's, they're, they're corrupt people. There's no question about it. But I'm telling you what, God's mercy is an amazing thing. Who found it? Where is it? Yeah, let me look at it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Bob. I was looking for this this morning, but my wife was bothering me so much that I couldn't, you know. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Listen to the scripture, you guys. You all ready to hear from heaven? Here it is. For whatever things were written aforetime, which we've been combing through a bunch of this stuff, they were written for our what? Our what? Learning. He wants us to learn something here this morning. huh? And then he goes on to say that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have what? Huh? God wants you to have hope, you guys, but you've got to believe what he said. You can't allow fear to overcome and overwhelm you. Praise God, sometimes you've got to resist the devil so that he'll flee from you. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to say, I believe God's word more than I do this junk. Are you listening to me? Now we've got this another round going on with all this COVID business, you know, and everybody's freaking out, you know? You say, yeah, but this is real stuff. Yeah, I understand that the virus is real. I understand that it has the potential of being able to, you know, affect people's lives and things. But listen to me. You're a child of the living God. You've been blood washed and blood bought. I tell you what, praise God, you've been immersed in his blood, inoculated by the blood of Jesus. Let's believe God. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that people can't be impacted about it. But at least, at least have more faith in what God said than what somebody else is telling you are you listening to me because it drives people's lives in directions of fear and God has not given you the spirit of fear now again I know it's real but I'm telling you what God is real are you listening to me 
So let's position ourselves in a place of faith where we trust our Heavenly Father to keep us. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Kind of got off of there a little bit. Amen. But people say, well, why, don't you, why won't God judge this? You know, I know exactly why you feel the way you do. Because your life and your lifestyle seems to be being taken away from you. And guess what? People don't like that. Are you listening to me? But even in the midst of all of that, God said that he would keep you. Are you with me? People say, well, look at the inflation rate and everything that's going on. You know, bad decisions and policies have been made and all of these different kinds of things that has contributed. Listen, again, again, please understand, God knew that these things would happen, and he didn't say, well, you know, if inflation gets to 8%, um, you guys are kind of on your own. I don't know that I'm going to be able to sustain you, support you, help you, or keep you. Good luck. You read that anywhere in the Bible? No. Why? Because it's not in there. Come on. Are you with me? So that, yeah, there's a lot of things. And and I don't understand this. Is this why I'm talking to you about the timing of God? Because listen to this. Here's a scripture in the Bible that says, but in the fourth, this is about Abraham. Remember when Abraham, when God made a covenant with him and and, and the Spirit of God was walking down through the uh, uh, the sacrifices that were made, they were split in half and all of that kind of business. You read that? Okay, well, anyway, it was a covenant that God was making. And in that time, the Bible says a deep sleep fell on Abraham and God spoke to him about all the things that were going to happen where his people were concerned with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that Jacob would go down into Egypt and they would be down there for four, 400 years and that they would be all of this and that and the other, you know, and they'd become slaves and God would deliver them. He's, God is telling Abraham all of these things that are going to happen. But in that context, God said that in the fourth generation they shall come here again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now, isn't that an interesting quote? Any of you ever thought about that? The the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Well, the Amorites were ornery, and that's being polite. They were terrible, and they were wicked. They were like Ahab and Jezebel, wicked. That's the kind of people that they were. So we would naturally think, God, why don't you just smoke them? You know, because he can do that. You know, and um, because the Bible says the iniquity of them was not yet full. It's like a cup and you reach the top and when it's full, problems occur. Okay, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels came, you know, and they were talking to Abraham and he says, we're going to go down and see if everything is the way that it appears and way, what, what it is that's going on down there. And uh, that's when Abraham began to intercede and say, listen, you know, surely you're not going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Remember all that? You know, and then, and then they, he said, if I can find 10, I won't destroy it. Well, he couldn't find 10. He only found eight. So what did God do? He rescued. Everybody say rescued. Yes, he rescued Lot and all of those, you know, that belonged to Abraham, brought them out of that mess and got them out of there. And then all of a sudden, fire and brimstone came and devoured those nations. Judgment fell on Sodom and Gomorrah because of their wickedness. Okay? Well, you know, here we are as people, we're thinking, hey, God, get some more of that fire out. You know, 
and uh, start toasting some people because, you know, it would make my life a whole lot better. Guess what? That's not your call. I said, that's not your call. I'm glad God was merciful to me. I'm glad he didn't get his toaster out for me before I met him. Aren't you? So we kind of have to reposition our thinking here a little bit. Am I in the right house? Yeah, we just leave these things up to him. Because uh, there came a time with the Amorites. You know, the Amorites don't even exist. They were descendants of Ham. And as a result, it took some time, but pretty soon God wasted all of them. Huh? You say, well, isn't that ethnic cleansing? I don't know nothing about the ethnicity about it. It's not about their ethnicity. It's about their iniquity. Huh? You know, and that's, that's one of the big deals that's going on in the world today. We're all jazzed up about ethnicity. It's not about ethnicity. It's about righteousness and unrighteousness. It's about doing right and doing wrong. And with that comes a consequence. Are you listening to me? So if we, if we, if we judge things, you know, in the light of the Word of God, it wouldn't be so difficult for us. And I'm trying to quit. I know it's 11.03 and you guys are ready to eat. But I'm, you know, just trying to get to a point here. So when we read this scripture in the fourth generation, he says that uh, they shall come hither again and the iniqui- because the iniquities of the Amorites isn't full. In other words, he was just saying that right now they're not going to be completely destroyed, but in this fourth generation, we're going to take care of that. In other words, in, he was just looking at the Amorites and listen to me, it's like the accumulated iniquity Uh, will be so great that God can no longer tolerate their presence in the land. So when you look at what's going on in the world today, listen to me. There's there's a recompense that's coming. Okay? People think that there's not going to be any any result to their sin. They're wrong. Are you with me? They just don't know it. And they're ignorant. And that's why God put you and I in this church and in this generation to tell them to love them, and to try to help them so that they can know the truth and the truth can set them free. Because I'm telling you, God is winding this deal down. Everything's coming about just as he said. You read in the scriptures, you find out about a one world government. Well, how is that supposed to happen? I mean, in the natural, it's hard for you and I to get our head wrapped around how that works. But I'm telling you, we're heading there. You say, will we be around? I don't know, dude, just stay ready to go. And whatever goes on, you can take off. Just stay ready. Well, you know, praise God, I I like escape theology. I want out. I'm glad Jesus didn't want out. Huh? Well, anyway, enough about all that. It's important for us to understand in these last days that God has everything. Everybody say everything. He has everything well in hand. And he has your life well in hand. Are you with me? You know, he has all of this. I mean, the outcome of things, the the recompense for evil, uh, the rewards for obedience. Dude, just just get get down and say, baby, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be where God's at, and I'm going to be doing what God's doing, and I'm going to rejoice, praise God, when I do hear that trumpet. Amen? And if I go on to be with the Lord, then the rest of them. So, 
How are we to live? What should our view be of these things? You know, and as a believer, praise God, I just, this, I'm closing. I want you to live expectantly. Huh? There's an expectation. He said, I got a plan for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, to give you a future. And that's not predicated upon what's going on in our particular political environment or anything else. How many of you believe that? Come on, I tell you what, praise God, he can make a way where there is no way. Are you listening to? So we should live expectantly. We should live hopeful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I tell you, you guys, I mean to tell you, great things are in store for you and for the church as believers. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, maybe if you stick around and listen to me long enough, maybe I can convince you. Huh? Because they are. I believe that this next year is going to be one of the very best years we've ever had. Praise God. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, find people that don't know Jesus, and help them to find their lives in him so they can be born of the Spirit and enjoy the blessing of God. So we want to, be, we want to live expectantly. You know, shake that snake off into the fire. You know, I tell you what, if there's heaviness that's been on you, praise God. I mean, shake it off. Say, I am not going to put up with this anymore. I am not going to live my life this way anymore. Come against it in the name of Jesus. Isaiah makes reference to it as a spirit of heaviness. You, child of God, have been redeemed from that. Are you listening to me? Woo! Glory to God. I have preached myself happy. So we're going to be expectant. We're going to be hopeful. And we're going to live our lives with faith. Huh? And we're going to live our lives with courage. I'm telling you, you, you guys, today is the most important time for you to live courageously. Not in fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. But what? Power, love, sound mind. Glory to God. You know, the world can go crazy, but you don't have to. Come on. We can rejoice in what it is that he said. And then finally, we're going to live with love. I tell you what, that's the difference maker. That's the difference maker. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, is that, <clears throat> you know, the world preaches hate. See it all, all over the place. You know, but praise God, you don't have to be hateful. I said, you don't have to be hateful. Amen. You don't have to listen to what it is that they're talking about, you know, the thing of it is, is that there was a gift that was given to you and me. It's the greatest gift. His name was Jesus, so that we could and can live in victory. How many of you like that concept? I sure do, praise God. Let's live honorably. That's what Mary did. She hid all these things in her heart. And she said, you know, this is what he said. And this is what I'm going to do. She was there when he died. She was there when he was resurrected. She was there. She was faithful. She stayed the course. That's what God wants you and me to do. Amen? You know, praise God so that we'll be there when it's needed, when the time comes, when we can share our lives, when we can communicate with others, when we can pray with someone, when we can do something, you know, that'll make a difference in their lives. Praise God. When we can help to pay their bill or whatever the thing is that we can do to bring a blessing to the world that is around us. I tell you what, glory to God. How many of you want to live honorably? 
Huh? How many of you want to live honorably before the Lord? Praise God. And let's let this be, I mean, come on, let's stir ourselves up a little bit. You've been walking around this funk way too long. Come on. I'm telling you what, glory to God, you need to shake that snake off into the fire. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, you know, get some good music going. For one thing, that would help you, you know. You know, if you want to play the dirge, you know, the rest of your life, you can. Or you can get out, praise God, the cymbals and make some noise. Glory to God. That's what God wants you to do. Why don't you stand with me? Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you are going to live honorably? You know, I've been preaching on Wednesday nights about, you know, what, what things are going to look like for you, how it is that you're going to magnify Jesus in 2022. I'm telling you what, praise God, let's get after it. You know, time's short. He's coming again. Let's do this deal, praise God. You know, the Bible talks about the fact you and I can hasten His coming. Huh? Get on your horse, man. You know, stick spurs to him. Glory to God. Let's get her going. Amen. So that we can accomplish the things that he wants us to. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Father, we just commit this word to our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for each and every precious person here, those that are watching online. I thank you for your grace in every one of our lives. And Father God, today we know that there is hope in you like no other. This gift, your son who came as a child so that we could live and have life more abundant, Father, we thank you so very much. But God, again, I pray that those that are here today will make a decision within their heart, resolve to live their lives honorably, cheerfully, full of the, uh, the, the cheer and the joy of God, Father, that they'll look to you and to your promises and what it is that you've said, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing about good things in their lives, turning circumstances around in situations that perhaps the devil meant for evil, but God, you'll turn it into good. I pray, Father, for those that may be here within the sound of my voice or watching online that have never made a decision for Christ. Father, help them to recognize the reality of what Jesus did and why he came and what it is that's offered when we surrender our lives to you. And Father God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to draw those men and women to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would, please just uh, remain with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Hallelujah. You know, this morning I, I talked about a lot of things, and I hope that in the context of that, it it had a continuity to it that helps you and blesses you. But if you're here <clears throat> this morning, dear friend, and you've never made a decision for Christ, maybe you didn't even know that you needed to. But you know, when I was a young man, a teenager, I didn't, I didn't know either. I, I grew up in a mainline denominational church, but I didn't know anything about being born again. I didn't know anything about what we refer to as the new birth. But the whole reason for Jesus' coming and this gift that is found in him is so that we could have eternal life. And the Bible just makes it very simple and plain that whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
You know, some people have thought, well, you know, it's just a matter of fate. You know, some people, <clears throat> they're going to end up in heaven and the rest of us, well, we're just going to, you know, whatever. And they kind of, they leave it up to fate. In other words, they abdicate the uh, responsibility of decision to God, I guess. But dear friend, I want you to know that this is your choice and that God loves you just like you are. And he came in the form of his son so that you could live. And so with a simple decision to receive him as your Lord and Savior, to take him, surrender your life to him, and ask him to forgive you, you can be born again. You can receive everlasting life. And, and dear friend, it is, it's real. And it'll change you from the inside out, I promise you. So while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, no one's looking around, those of you that are watching online, if you've never made a decision to receive Jesus, but you would say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand anywhere as I look here? And those of you that may be watching online as well, anyone at all, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I see your hand, sir. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? <clears throat> You know, I talked about the fact that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, we all need him. Hallelujah. Anybody else before we pray? All right, congregation, would you pray this prayer with me? The ones that raised their hands, would you too as well? And I want you just to let your heart agree with this simple prayer. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today without reservation. And I ask you to forgive me. I surrender my heart to you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Make me a new person, just like you promised. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, those of you that are watching online, if you made that decision, we would love to hear from you. You can go to myfc.info. And you can contact us that way and talk with us about that, or you can call the office. Let us know that you've made that decision because we have materials we'd love to put into your hand, place in your hands, so that it can help you on the decision that you've just made to be a follower of Jesus. And I know that you'll be blessed. So thank you for doing that. How many of you glad you came today? I tell you what, God is so good. Yeah, let's give him a great big round of applause. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody say it together. The best is yet to come. Glory to God. I tell you what, you know, sometimes we got, uh, we got those areas in our lives where we find ourselves challenged and things like that. But I tell you what, you know, the sun comes up in the morning. I said, the sun comes up in the morning and you can just say, well, father, glory to God. The sun is coming up. Amen. You're going to turn my situation around. And I'll tell you what, if you believe him, he'll do it. Amen. One more thing that I might mention to you here. <clears throat> For those of you that made this decision, we do have some materials. We've got some people here that help us with just providing some information and things of that nature. So we do have some material that we would love to place in your hand. And I, I know, you know, it may be a, 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 
uh, an environment that you're, you're not used to or comfortable with or whatever the case might be, but we're going to dismiss in a little bit. And if you would, I'll be here for just a few moments. If you'd like to come down, we'd love to put some of this stuff into your hands. If that is something that you feel uncomfortable with doing, at the very least, do this for me. When you, when you, when you leave the service and you go your way, I'd like for you, if you can find someone, you know, that, that you feel safe with, with making this statement to them, find someone, you know, that, that, that you're comfortable with and just tell them, say, I prayed that prayer. And you say, well, why is that important? Well, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And when you declare, I prayed that prayer, something supernatural happens when you do that. But rather, I would love for you to come and and join us here and just allow us to put some of these things into your hands and help you and bless you. Praise God. Well, we we hope you have an incredible week. You know, it's Christmas week. Uh, On the 24th, Friday night, we're going to get together, have another just an endearing, uh, wonderful time. And we're going to be, I didn't mention this before, but we're going to receive communion that night. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun, and you'll be blessed. So let's everyone stand, if you would, please. Uh, We're going to dismiss you in a few moments. We want to make sure those of you that have children, please go get your kids. Amen. Do not forget them. Now, you think that's funny, but there are people. I don't know that they intentionally forgot. It's just that I think the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. In other words, mama was supposed to pick them up or daddy was supposed to, and it didn't happen. So you got kids going, you know, and you got church workers that are going, you know, so make sure you get your kids. We love you guys. Praise God. I tell you what, have an incredible Christmas holiday if we don't see you again. And we'll look forward to seeing you hopefully on Friday night. Turn and greet those around you. You can be dismissed. God bless you. Amen.